Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Now, nonstop sports talk continues with news and analysis from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. Not the hero we deserved, but the hero we needed. This is the Big Six. It's going to be you. With your host, Jason Martin. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. It's 6 o'clock here in the Music City. That means only one thing. It means the Big Six on the air. Here on 104.5 The Zone, I'm Jason Martin. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Our telephone number and our phones are open. 615-737-1045. We're going to have some fun tonight. Talk about some light things. I'm going to break out a new segment. It's going to become a thing, but the segment is called How Is This a Thing? And I've got a doozy. Something that I've said before. Something that I may have said earlier today on these airwaves, but I never get tired of saying it because it's still a thing and I don't understand how it's a thing, but I do not waste your time on this show. So we get to the big story. And yes, this does involve the Jarrell Casey situation. If you have not had a chance to sound off on that, you can respectably on whatever side you fall at 615-737-1045. But I was thinking about the Casey situation. And actually I was thinking before that because someone had sent me an article that I knew about but kind of looked at in a bit more depth from Sports Illustrated about Mike Trout and MLB Commissioner Manfred coming out and saying, Rob Manfred saying, look, the outfielder, he would be a big star if he would spend more time marketing himself. And it led me to a question. What responsibility does an athlete have, in your opinion, to the league he plays in, to the fans in his town, to the business of sports as a whole. And I'm going to ask a bunch more questions as well because you can take this wherever you'd like to if you want to get involved either via the phones or via Twitter at jmartzone. Mike Trout has the same Q score in terms of public recognizability according to a couple of reports that came out earlier this week as that of Kenneth Fareed in the NBA. Not LeBron James. Kenneth Fareed. Trout's arguably not just the game's best player right now, but he's on pace, if you look at his numbers across the board, to potentially be the greatest player in the history of the game. So, of course, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred wants this guy, desperately wants this guy, to be the face of his league, but there's a problem. Mike Trout's just kind of a nice, sort of quiet dude that signs some autographs. He's really good to his fans. But ultimately, he's a guy that just wants to play baseball at the highest level. He doesn't really want to be a celebrity. He doesn't care to be a celebrity. Baseball as a sport is struggling mightily, but it's not because Mike Trout isn't Kim Kardashian. It's because baseball itself is antiquated. It's dull. It's overly long. And points are at a premium. I was thinking about this, and if you want to find the sports that do the best in the United States, 
All you have to do right now is look to the ones where a lot of points are scored. Football, where do the complaints usually come from? Alabama, LSU, you know, back in the day, seven to six victories and things like that. It's never the 61 to 60 Big 12 matchups. The NFL, as it's become more favorable to offenses, as it's become more of a passing lead with protected wide receivers and quarterbacks being protected, the numbers have grown. And fantasy depends on these gaudy stats for its success. Now, if Mike Trout has no interest in being a politician or the lead guest on Kimmel, that's up to him. Rob Manfred, though, needs him to be the guy or desperately wants him to be the guy. But he just wants to be the guy on the field, does Trout. And unfortunately for MLB and, in fact, for every sport, or there's always a risk of this, it is never going to be guaranteed that the best player is also going to be the best spokesperson in the public. There's only one place where that's not true, and that's Vince McMahon, because that's scripted, and he can pick who his star is ahead of time, make that guy knowing what he's going to be able to do in the general public. What if LeBron James turned out to be a mute? What could David Stern have done about that? The only hope he would have had is that LeBron's successor or other guys around LeBron James in the league were ready and willing to be stars. And in baseball, who are the two biggest names other than Trout? you got Aaron Judge, and you've got Bryce Harper. Both are willing to endure the spotlight that Trout doesn't exactly run from, but he also doesn't exactly seek. But here's the larger question, like I asked. And I see the calls coming in about Jarrell Casey. Hang with us. We will get to you here in just a second. The answer is totally subjective to what I'm asking. It's up to you and your own feelings. What responsibility does an athlete or a sports figure have to the league that is the source of his or her paycheck? What responsibility does an athlete have to a local community or maybe a sports community as a whole? What responsibility do you think an athlete or coach has to you as a fan? And that might be the big one. How much do you feel you're owed by someone in sports because you're somebody that supports them either with money or in spirit. And there are other stories here as well. There's Kawhi Leonard and DeMar DeRozan. But let's talk about Jarrell Casey. Let's go ahead and move to his right now. I had, by the way, six different examples of this. The big six list tonight is just six examples of many, but six key examples to explain this. And we will kind of lay these out as we move throughout this program. But here's the biggie today. If you're a Titans fan... You know all about the anthem situation and the president and how the NFL players have felt about that over the last year and two years. Now you got Jarrell Casey on CNN making his statement. I'll pay the fine, even though he's wrong about him paying the fine. He'll continue to protest this season and he'll use his platform. Now I could get onto a soapbox here and announce the real truth, which is it's really not his platform. It's the NFL's and he's on the clock. But more than anything, what responsibility... Again, there's that word, responsibility. Do you think Jarrell Casey has to Nashville as a fan base? What responsibility do Amy Adams Strunk and the Titans management have if what Casey is planning or saying he's going to do hits the attendance numbers negatively or harms the Titans brand? And what responsibility Obviously, does Casey have to Amy Adams Strunk and the Titans management if what he does harms them? What responsibility does he have to the community he's attempting to stand up for? What do the Titans do? What should they do? And the difficult thing here is, and I don't know that enough people have mentioned this, this is not a backup. 
This is an all-pro. This is a stud. This is one of the best players in franchise history. It's somebody you absolutely have to have on the field. I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show, the Tampa Bay Times poll about the Jameis Winston jerseys. If Jameis had Aaron Rodgers' numbers or Tom Brady win-loss records, I am going to say that a lot less than 60% would not have said they either won't wear his jersey ever again or would be in some way conflicted about it. Jarrell said point blank in his statement. If you don't agree with what he's standing for, you have nothing positive to offer and he doesn't want to hear from you. Thus, in effect, you mean nothing to him because you disagree with him. And thus he feels he has no, here's the word again, responsibility to respect you. And that goes both ways. Fans that disagree with him that are saying heinous stuff on social media, using words no one should be using, or even using them in their private circle of friends where they feel like they're safe, that's not okay either. That's disrespectful. But what responsibility does Jarrell Casey have? And like I said, I have other examples, but I'm going to take your calls. 615-737-1045. This is the story in Nashville sports today, whether we like it or not, whether it's something we truly want to have to endure or cover or not. Jarrell Casey, what he means to the, to the Tennessee Titans and the situation, and even the Miami Dolphins response, which we'll talk about as well, it is the story. And thus, we go to Dustin in Nashville first to lead us off here on the Big Six. Dustin, what say you? Hey, I don't think you said it probably the best that could have been said. It's not his it's not his time, and he's doing it on other people's time. He's clocked in. But my question is, would it be a different story if when they asked about the soapbox, they, uh, when they asked about the soapbox, if he, or not the soapbox, but the, uh, the protest, if he would have said, no, I'm not going to protest, but this is what I'm going to do, and do something like P.K. Subban has, where he takes the underprivileged kids, pairs them with the police officer, and lets them have in the game. With- I mean, I think, that, I think that's absolutely fair. I'm sorry if I cut you off there, Dustin, but yeah, I mean, there are many things that you could do to make a statement. He is using or claiming that he's going to use his platform, which I continue to believe is the NFL's platform. It's his workplace. It's the equivalent of his factory, or in my case, his studio, where he's being paid to do a job, and thus there are certain responsibilities. If you go to a factory and you protest instead of working, they're going to dock your pay. But he said he's going to pay the fine. If he's willing to pay the fine because of the way that the rule is laid out, the way the policy that the NFL botched originally and is still botching now that has not actually solved the problem but only made it worse and made it more contentious an issue, I don't know what recourse that you have and what the Dolphins are saying, and now you're starting to see, well, that's not necessarily going to happen. We've just submitted this deal that you might be suspended for four games. If you are a Miami Dolphin and you choose to disrespect or in some way not stand for the anthem and not follow the policy, that could cause backlash as well. Kyle in Murfreesboro is up next. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. I like the Casey situation. I mean, Casey is from California. Casey went to college ball and played there at California. He's 20-year-old, 8-year-old African-American. I would have guessed this would have been his political view. Now that I know that it is his political view, I, I, there's no change. I don't feel any different. It's just one man's opinion. You can't let that bother you. only opinions I really care about is my family's and mine. You can't affect everybody's opinion, and you can't worry about everybody else's. 
yes, he's a captain. He's a big leader out here in the community. But just because we have social media now, we don't have to let it control us. Thanks. I mean, that's absolutely fair. And there's a lot of things that people are starting to realize, which is that many people live their lives behind screens. That's why Black Mirror is titled Black Mirror. That's why the series was called Black Mirror, because these screens, in particular, these smartphones are basically just mirrors of yourself and that you lose yourself within them and that you start to form your identity and see your own face in these screens because you're not actually living a real life. You're a slave to technology. But what we're starting to see is that many of the voices that are the loudest on social media in particular, but also the blogosphere and all these various websites, the vast majority of the people are still not reading this stuff, but it's being propped up in various places as if it is the mainstream opinion. When in actuality, it's the very extremes on both sides that are the ones running their mouth. And most of us find ourselves somewhere more in the middle, at least if we're honest and think about things logically. Tom in Nashville is next. Tom, what's up? Get rid of him. I say leave him on. Somebody else. Let somebody else deal with him. All right, I don't get, care if it's Jarrell Casey. Okay, get, so, rid of, get rid of him simply because of this. He's going to cause so much more attention. And here's the thing. If he's not in for the support of Nashville and the people around here playing for the Titans and the Army bases, the, the National Guard, everybody that's around here, that have died for that flag, and if he's not going to respect that, and if he really wants to do something, you know, take his money, start an organization, do something. get Educate the people. When the cops pull you over, don't run, you know? Well, I mean, I, I, look, it, he has done a lot of charity work. I don't know if he's donated money. I would be surprised if he has not. I'm sure he does have his own foundations, and certainly has his hands into things. A lot of these players do. It's not just that he's going to use what I still believe, again, to be the league's platform to lodge this protest. He is doing other things. A lot of these players are. Everything is a shade of gray, guys. Nobody is all good or all bad. That's just not the way things are. You can start to gauge how much good someone's doing or how much bad someone is doing, but even that is subjective. So be cautious about that as you think it through. We're taking more calls, and like I said, this is the issue. So if we need to derail some of what I have planned, we'll derail it, and we'll let you sound off at least for another hour here tonight. 615-737-1045, Jarrell Casey. And you know, I don't know that the last caller really answered the question. The question I continue to ask is, what responsibility does Jarrell Casey have to Nashville as a fan base? What responsibility does he have to Titans management if arms the brand? And what responsibility does he have to the community he's attempting to stand up for? The minority community that he believes is aggrieved in some ways. And what do you do if you're the Titans? What should you do? And what responsibility do the Titans have in this situation? These are not simple questions. And the, the response is, I don't care what side you fall on. Just be thoughtful and respectful. We'll take more of your calls next. 615-737-1045. The Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone.
Welcome back, Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. That's an ocean in between the waves from the war on drugs, lost in the dream. My personal opinion is that's the best American rock band going right now, has been for about five years. If you have not checked out the war on drugs, fix it. 615-737-1045 is our telephone number here. And I'm talking about responsibility of athletes and people in sports in various forms. What responsibility they have to the league they play in, to the fans in their town, to their local communities, to the business of sports as a whole. And I see we got Trevor, Adam, Scott, and JR on the line. If you have thoughts, and we're talking about, look, Jarrell Casey became part of this story. Originally, when I was putting it together, he didn't. And then the Casey situation happened. And so I'm taking your thoughts on the Jarrell Casey situation. But before I take these calls, a couple of my other examples. Michael Jordan didn't talk politics. The Republicans buy sneakers two line has always been attributed to him. He played basketball. He built the Jordan brand for Nike. He did Haynes. He did Space Jam. He won championships. He racked up finals MVPs. His responsibility in his own mind was to his career, to his bottom line, to his family, even though there were clearly issues there. And not much else. He stayed mum on issues. A lot of people in his community didn't like him for that, feeling he had a responsibility to use his stardom for what they believed were unacceptable situations in the country at the time. They had agenda. His didn't match, and he didn't care. Some resented him for it. They resented him because he wasn't willing or interested in being Muhammad Ali or Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Another guy, another Nike guy, as a matter of fact, Tiger Woods, at the height of his career, also creating an empire through both Nike and his athleticism, his prowess. He also didn't say a whole heck of a lot about politics and was blasted far more often than Jordan ever was, maybe because of the sport he played and the unique platform that he had because of it. But all he wanted to do was chase Jack Nicholas and make history today. And this literally was, this came out today. Who was the biggest movie star in the world? I actually said this a couple of days ago. Now it's confirmed. It's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And it's not remotely close. Forbes released today. It's a list of highest paid actors of last year. The Rock pulled in $124 million. Folks, you know how many other actors have ever pulled in that kind of scratch? How about none? That was the largest ever recorded on the Forbes celebrity list. There's been speculation Rock might run for president. I don't think that's going to happen, even though there'd be a lot of support. He's universally liked. He has made political appearances, but folks, he's done it on both sides. He seems to be a guy who feels a responsibility, there's that word again, to whomever has money invested in him, to his family, to his production company, to his brand, to his projects not to a specific voting block or a specific cause. And it's a smart play for him. Nobody really has called him out for staying very much on the fence through a lot of it. And here's what he said, actually, after he found out he was the highest paid actor. He wrote on Instagram, quote, I work extremely hard, but never anticipated in my wildest dreams I'd become the highest paid actor in Forbes history. And then he went on to talk about how his goal in life has not changed. When he was wrestling in flea markets for $40 a match and his career started with $7 in his wallet after he was dropped and cut from the CFL in 95. That's why his production company, if you didn't know it, is called Seven Bucks Production. It's their 
to try and humble him and remember where he came from and how far he's come. But he said, when I was wrestling for $40 a match in flea markets, my goal was always, quote, to put the audience first. And today, he says he has only one boss, the world. This guy has ballers, a new season coming out, skyscrapers out, 108 million followers on Instagram, 13 million Twitter followers, and 58 million followers on Facebook. What is his responsibility? It seems like his responsibility in his own mind is just not to wade into these issues. But the question more locally is, what is Jarrell Casey's responsibility to his franchise and to the NFL, to the community of Nashville around him, to his fellow players, and to the community that he is attempting to represent with his civilized disobedience, if that's what you want to call it. And recall, he never knelt. He raised a fist, and he basically said, I'm going to continue to do that. And the fist raise is a little bit different than the kneel, and I don't think that it upset nearly as many people originally. The one thing I would say to caveat that is he said, I will pay the fine. So clearly... What he's doing in his own mind is breaking the policy. So it's not like he's trying to skirt the rule. He thinks, I guess, based on what he said, that what he was planning to do or what he's claiming he will do would violate the policy. And because it's such a big story, I'm just letting you guys tee off at 615-737-1045. Trevor in Goodlettsville, up first here in this segment. Trevor, what say you? Uh, well, first of all, I could say a lot of things right now that could probably make my employment employer not want me to be there anymore. Uh, I do have a responsibility to my employer because I get money from them. And I can spew whatever kind of message I want to, but that does not mean my employer has to keep me on board. Uh, For some reason, uh, athletes have gotten to the point they think it's a free speech issue. It's not. It's an employer-employee relationship issue. And I think that's gotten uh, muddled. It's not the government stopping them from speaking. It's their employer saying, these are the things that don't represent our view. And that is the responsibility. If you want to continue to collect money from uh, that person and in turn collect that uh, employer wants to collect money from their customers. And I think somehow or another we've lost track of this fact. And you're not wrong. And I said that when we talked about the anthem grievance that the NFL Players Association, we talked about that last week on the show. Free speech is about protection from government. And I think that it has gotten changed into free speech means you cannot privately penalize me in any way for saying something you don't like. And that's simply untrue. That's not how it works. Not at least when you're doing it at work. Jacob tweets me and he says, and he tweets me at jmartzone, he, he says his responsibility, entertain. Play football and give all you got every week. Your job is to play football. If my boss tells me to do something and I don't do it, I don't get fined, I get fired. Don't think he should be let go, but do your job and nothing more. We continue. Adam in Nashville is next. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I really agree a lot with what Trevor had to say on the previous caller. My employer, we have a policy that states if we post anything on social media that um, tears down the brand of the organization or in any way disparages the organization, we can be terminated, regardless of whether it's something that we're saying negatively against the organization, just them knowing that I work for that organization 
if I say something that brings a lot of attention, I can be terminated for that. I think Darrell Casey owes the Titans and owes the fan base and owes the NFL the same type of thing where he's he's really talking about representing the organization. And so if it tears down and disparages the organization, I think that's a, something that in their policy that they have the right to punish in whatever way, whether that's with fines or if they want to cut him and let him go to someone else. I know he's a big-name player, uh, but it's it's a reality that he represents an organization, and that can cost them dramatically in the future if, if he continues to disparage something that they represent. All right, thanks, Adam. Scott in Westmoreland is next. Scott, what's up? Yeah, I was just going to comment on Darrell uh, Casey. I didn't... Uh... I don't like what he said. I understand what he's trying to do, but these people got to learn that they have they have uh, they have to respect the team they play for. And if you're going to damage, and you could possibly damage that brand and take 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 dollars out of their pocket, they're paying your salary. They need to learn to respect them and show some type of you know demonstration somewhere else but not on the field and the NFL all the teams need to have rules and you know when the contract's signed they need to know okay here's our rule here's the way we're going about this and you got to play by our rules and these guys need to learn how to do this because everybody that's working for an employer plays by their rules or you don't work for that employer fair enough uh the Dolphins by the way submitted the plan to the league that basically said, look, all options are still open in terms of discipline, but if you go against this anthem policy, we could suspend you for up to four games. They are listing this officially in their policy with the Dolphins as conduct detrimental to the club, which was actually the verbiage that was used in the NFLPA grievance back on July the 5th when that story first came out. That is definitely interesting. 615-737-1045. we got to get to break. we got a couple of lines that are open. If you hear somebody drop off in the next segment, you can call. But Dale, Justin, Jeff, JR, hang with us. We'll get to you first. This is a Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. It's a big six here on 104.5 The Zone. All the stars. Kendrick Lamar from the Black Panther soundtrack. Instrumental, of course. But a great tune and a great soundtrack. Check it out. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Our telephone number is 615-737-1045. Look, the Jarrell Casey thing, it's difficult and it's touchy. And the way that I want you to think about it and the question that I've asked and I've used other examples, whether it's Mike Trout's responsibility to baseball as its best player, to be more out front and more of a celebrity, not being necessarily the guy that he feels more comfortable being. Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods and The Rock, guys that really did not wade into politics very often, if at all, and were able certainly to succeed and what their responsibility was and how it was perceived otherwise. And the Miami Dolphins, who have come out now, Jarrell Casey first, of course, comes out and says, look, I'm going to continue to protest the way I did last year and I'll pay the fine. And the way he protested last year was that he raised a fist. He did not kneel. 
And it, I guess it assumes he's going to do that again. And the question that I ask is, what responsibility does Jarrell Casey have to Nashville and more specifically to his employer? What responsibility does he have to the Tennessee Titans? Now let's add to the Dolphins side of this, and then we'll take more of your phone calls at 615-737-1045 if you're on hold. Stay there, and we're getting a lot of good tweets at J-Mart Zone as well. But the Miami Dolphins came out. The Associated Press reported a couple of hours ago that Dolphins players who protest on the field during the anthem could be suspended for up to four games under a team policy issued this week. The anthem conduct policy per Dolphins was under a large list of conduct detrimental to the club items. That's according to NFL.com. So that explains the four games, if you don't know. Under the CBA, the maximum discipline for conduct detrimental to the club is a week's salary or a suspension of up to four games. So if you're wondering why four games, there's your explanation. The Dolphins are a sports franchise. They're one of 32 in the big business that is the National Football League. They exist to turn a profit. You do that by winning football games. You do that by making smart personnel decisions. You do that by being involved in the community. But that report from the AP, that's going to lead to some backlash. It already is. However, there's also a possibility, probably a definite possibility, the majority of NFL fans are going to be pleased with the result if the players don't challenge it and Miami follows through with it. I'm not going to tell you what's right or wrong in this case. That's up to you. But again, the question, what the responsibility of the Dolphins organization is, and then, and this gets back to Casey, what responsibility the players have not to get suspended for four games or in Casey's case harm their team in some way, cause distraction, or just sort of be out front. In the case of the Dolphins, if it's good players that do it and they're suspended for games, then they're harming their team's chances to make the playoffs. There's no suspension talk here in Tennessee, so it's not a perfect example. But the whole deal was complicated. It's extremely emotionally charged, and there's not going to be a definitive answer to satisfy everybody. So I'm laying out again, what do you think the responsibility of Jarrell Casey is to his team, to his city, and to his league? Dale in Nashville is up first. Dale, how are you? Hey. Dale, you there? Someone mentioned, okay. someone mentioned something a second ago about um, uh, respect for the employer, and uh, I got to thinking about that. If, if, if I interact with clients for my employer – and I chose to wear a uh, down with the NRA T-shirt, for example. And calls came in to the employer saying, hey, you just lost our business. You just lost our business. You know, you got a guy running around out here with this shirt. It would, it, it would be disrespectful if I were to continue wearing the shirt uh, and continue to hurt the business. Now, first of all, I'd probably get fired if I continued to do that. Secondly, I've got a question for you. Uh, the The overall premise of these protests is is hard for me to understand in the sense of the end game, the goal. Earlier in the year, I heard on a news clip about P.K. Subban. He saw something that he felt needed to be addressed in society, and he went out and started a program with uh, police and underprivileged kids mm -hmm. in the community where they would sit a police officer would take an underprivileged kid for free to a Predators game, and uh, 
they would interact, and it seemed to work really well when you saw the responses from the police officers getting to know these communities better and the kids getting to know the officers. But that's bringing people together. These protests, when you're either taking a knee or holding up a fist, I think Jarrell Casey's a nice guy. I've seen him interviewed plenty of times. He yeah, seems like a great guy. Absolutely. But, but all you're doing is sticking a thumb in people's eye that are wanting to come watch a football game and hurting your employer. I just think that there's got to be a better bring people together way to pull people into your camp. If you have a grievance, find a way to pull people into your camp, and that's not getting done with what they're doing. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that and what you think the end game is and what's really getting accomplished with these, these, uh, these methods. It's a difficult question to answer. It's trying to raise awareness. The ultimate goal originally was criminal justice reform. And as many protests are on all sides of the aisle, regardless of politics or cause, it's usually corrupted by opportunists that then throw their own cause on top of it. That's why many times if you were to ask whoever it was about whatever protest to say, hey, why are you protesting? They could tell you something and then you could walk to the person standing right next to them and say, why are you protesting? They would tell you something completely different. The unified message did change. There was one issue, and then there became another one, and then many players would continue to say, this is not about the anthem, this is not about the flag. And I know Chad Withrow said this earlier today, and I agree. It's hard to say that when that's the symbol that you've chosen. Because of that, it's hard to make that argument, or even if you're making that argument and you truly believe that, it's hard to get other people to believe that because all they see is how you've chosen to go about what you're doing and sometimes the how can be more important than the why if it's not explained all that well mike in lebanon next mike what's up hi good uh, good afternoon thank you for taking my call yes, hang sir. on a minute um the, the what has to be looked at now first off tennessee is an at-will state okay and i don't know if uh Jarell casey is technically a, an employee of the state of tennessee or how that's done so the Titans have the, you know, the, they can terminate his employment or whatever if he falls under that jurisdiction. However, what's being sort of not looked at is this. If Jarrell Casey takes his 99 Titans jersey off and walks the, and walks the streets, he is, anon- he is anonymous at that point. So if he decides without his jersey on to uh, protest uh, police brutality, which is what the whole thing started as, what other platform does he have? Because he's no, I mean, he may as well just stand along the side of the road with a sign because nobody's going to know who he is. And the NFL is one of the most anonymous leagues, uh, you know, that there is, unless you're like a Peyton Manning, et cetera. I mean, Donald is probably the best defensive player in the league, but if you put his picture on the, uh, in the uh, paper without his name on it, nobody would know who he is. So he, you know, and that's what uh, a lot of the people, the uh, the players like Kaepernick are doing. They are using the only, you know, the only format or the only platform that they have where they can have a uh, where they can have uh, recognition. And whenever I think about again the initial part of the protest, I think about that terrorist attack that happened in Dallas a couple of years ago or a year ago, where those police officers got you know got shot. Right. right. And I think about the emergency room doctor who had to attend to all those police officers. And when they asked him how he felt, because he was African-American, he said that he was going to do everything he could within his power to make sure that these officers lived, knowing 
that as soon as he took off his lab coat and got into his nice car to drive into his nice neighborhood to drive in the in, in you know to his nice house that he could that you know that his talent and his education had afforded him he could very well be the victim of the very same officers whose lives he, lives he just saved and that is an unacceptable way to live and that's why the kneeling is going on and the last point you have to remember is when Colin Kaepernick started this whole thing he was sitting on the bench and it was actually a military guy who told him hey instead of sitting on the bench during the anthem you should kneel instead and that's why he started kneeling okay Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. I'll address a little bit of that in our final segment. We've got a couple of more calls that we will take as well. Again, this issue is not going to be solved in an hour. It's not going to be solved in a day. Obviously, it has not been solved in a couple of years. We appreciate the thoughtfulness of all the comments that have been coming through either to me at Zone or via 615-737-1045. we got a little bit more on the other side on this next. Colin and Matt. Final segment of the Big Six here. Hope you're having a wonderful Thursday. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. That's Father John Misty. Date Night, the name of this song, off of God's Favorite Customer, came out a couple of months ago. Really good album. Check it out. We have loaded lines and not a lot of time to get to them. I am going to get this Dabo Swinney. This is going to be a, a stat that you're going to really appreciate on the way out the door. This, this Jarrell Casey thing again. We're not going to solve this tonight. We're just getting your thoughts because a lot of you have a lot of things to get off your chest and we want to give you the forum with which to do that. So we'll get to as many of these calls as we can. We start with Josh in Fort Campbell. Josh, what's up? How you doing, brother? Doing well, sir. Great. I just want to throw a word out for the vets. I'm a two-time combat vet. Currently working for the federal government, VA. So I help disabled veterans with compensation and pension. And they say it's not about the flag, but it is to us. You know, but why you got to do it during the, the national anthem? That country, you know, the country we fought for, and it, it's a slap in the face to me. Josh, thank you for your service. First of all, you do something that I couldn't even fathom doing, and those of your ilk as well, and we greatly appreciate that. I did say I was going to comment on that last uh, caller from the from the break. He made a lot of interesting points and laid them out pretty thoroughly. The one thing he talked about is how if Jarrell Casey were to take off his Titans jersey and just have a white T-shirt, walk down the street, nobody would recognize him. It's true, the NFL is not a star league throughout the way the NBA is because you're wearing helmets. It's harder to recognize these guys the way that NBA players do. That is a fact. But slow down a little bit. Don't think an NFL player doesn't have a platform, particularly an all-pro like Jarrell Casey. If he says to the local media, you know, I got something important to say and I want to say it tonight, it becomes a personal press conference on the spot. If he wants to go on social media, that dude's got a lot of followers. Everybody that writes for a living one of the dirty secrets about Twitter is basically every journalist in the world has it because it's necessary for their living. Anybody in the media will see what he says on social media. He could call a TV station and say, look, I'm going to do this make-a-wish charity for this young child. It's going to get covered. He's not just going to walk the street in a T-shirt. There are so many forums open to him because he's in the public eye. Just to clarify that one point, Sam in Nashville has been waiting patiently. Sam, what say you? Yeah, I was uh, on the same page with what you just said. First off, his notion 
that uh, an at-will employer has nothing to do with this because uh, Casey has both a personal contract and he has a collective bargaining agreement that runs what he says. Mm-hmm. But the more important thing is you don't have a right to use your employer's uh, uh, insignia or logo to promote whatever you want to promote. So just because he may or may not be an anonymous to anybody when he takes that jersey off, doesn't give him the right to use the jersey to promote whatever he wants to. Off time, you know, off the field, uh, he can do whatever he wants, and I support that. But using his, your employer's logo to do it is just not right. You know, that's an argument that I think a lot of people would have, quite frankly, in, 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 a, in a lot of respects. I do. I will say this. I mean, he's got the right I mean, it doesn't mean that he can't be penalized for it, but he's got the right because we have free will. The whole argument for me about this anthem controversy originally was, look, these guys can do it just just like I can go out and speed. I can drive 15 miles per hour over the speed limit. I just know that if I get caught, I'm probably going to have to pay a fine. That's the deal. Like, you can do it, but there could be consequences and repercussions for that, whether or not it's a fine or whether or not you've done something to breach policy at your company, and they let you go. That's the risk that you take, but it's your decision to make. Lowe in Murfreesboro up next. Lowe, what's up? Hey, it's Martha. Yes, I, I basically, you just said what I was going to say, and so did the other caller. I was just, if he took his jersey off, I mean, he still has a platform just because of what you, like what you said. I mean, he could call into the radio station. He He's got... I mean, he's an NFL player. He's got the finances to take out an ad in the paper. Um, and, you know, he's on the job. And that's not his job at that time. If I, I'm a school teacher. If I got up and started promoting my beliefs and not teaching kids, there's no question I would be let go. Sure. I would find I'd be let go. And it just kind of annoys me. They, they have a right to promote what they want to promote off the job. And that's fair. It's fair. They do. And they also have a right to promote it on the job. But the job then has the right to have an opinion about that that might not be favorable to them. Jay in Nashville. Jay, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Hey, listen, uh, a couple things. I guess the first is to answer the question that you've been asking the whole time is responsibility-wise, I mean to each man his own in, mm-hmm. in some respects. Um, I don't think just because the state is red or the city is red that him being from California matters one way or another. And he has to, you know, be in line with everybody's political views. I don't even care about that. Right. Um, the other thing though, is that, sorry, I'm winded. I was moving a washer. Um, you were saying something about the, like the, the freedom of speech deal, but look, the NFL didn't have the national anthem as a thing for the players until the government gave them money. The National Guard put a bunch of money into it, and they did all these sponsorships and everything else. So in a way, they kind of tied it together. You know, Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, and appreciate the call, and good luck with uh, moving the washer there. But like I said, when I talked about the anthem a couple of weeks ago, I made the statement that some people wouldn't agree with that I think the anthem should be done away with in sporting events because I think it's unnecessary and it op- it offers an opportunity and sometimes forces people to make one decision or another when it's not necessary. I don't have to there's no national anthem before Ant-Man and the Wasp. I just don't know that it's something that needs to be a thing. 
necessarily. And that I, I don't think you can get away with doing that now because of the protests and all the things that have surrounded it, because it would feel like you were doing it for the wrong reasons. But in general, you know, that would be that's at least something that you would have to pay attention to. No question about that. We'll take one more call. We got about thirty seconds, Mason. Mason and Gallatin, make it quick. Hey, but um, I, I served, and all I have to say for his responsibility is his responsibility is bring a damn Super Bowl to Nashville and do that. Worry about bringing a Super Bowl home before you start opening your mouth. There you go. All right. I told you I want to get you this stat. I'm going to make it a little bit light on the way out. Look, if this is still a story tomorrow, we will continue to talk about it. I went ahead and pushed that new segment. We'll do that tomorrow. Also going to have Trey Wallace on from down in Knoxville and the optional. We're going to talk a lot of SEC football to end the week, but this is just a, a stat that should make you feel pretty good. Dabo Swinney, who I absolutely love, has coached. This is your things that make you go, hmm, for tonight. Dabo Swinney has coached 196 seniors in his tenure at Clemson. Of those 196, this according to his co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach, Jeff Scott, but it is a fact. Of those 196 seniors Dabo's coached since he's been at Clemson, 192 earned their degree at Clemson University. That is outstanding stuff and uber impressive. Thank you for the thoughtfulness of this conversation tonight. I'm sure we'll still be talking about this across the zone platforms. I'm Jason Martin. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. God bless. And yes, good night.